Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. Learn to type. Learn to drive. Have fun. Write postcards. Letters take too long and you won't do it. A postcard takes two minutes. Be punctual. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. They are not thinking about you. Write quickly. Taking longer doesn't usually make it better. Get up early. See the world. Call everybody by their first name from doctors to presidents. Have parties. Don't agonise. Don't regret. Don't fuss. Never brood. Move on. Don't wait for permission to be happy. Don't wait for permission to do anything. Make your own life. My mission this week is to be more Maeve. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. A brand new idea for Sunday Playhouse. Over the next four weeks, we present plays with human rights themes. The idea emerged from conversations with Amnesty International here in Dublin, as a result of which these specially commissioned plays were written by invited authors. So, what's Rodney Rice doing introducing Sunday Playhouse? Well, after each of these productions, we're going to meet a panel of appropriate guests to discuss the issues involved, each one a matter of a specific human right, most of them with clear relevance here at home, all of them with broader implications. Maeve Binchy wrote tonight's opener. Golden Oldie My Arse, it's called. And its theme is ageism. So, before we start, here's Maeve. I wrote this play because I was thinking about being older. Well, I would think about being older because I'm getting older, much older. And I have no problem with that. I'm very pleased to get old because the alternative is so grisly, which means not being here at all. Uh, anyway, also, this is a Positive Ageing Week, and anything that says has the word positive in it appeals to me greatly, and that we must look at it in the best possible light. Uh, This is a time when uh, the elderly or the old or the mature or whatever we like to call them are getting a lot of attention. It's the actual time when suddenly uh, people who have passes on buses don't have to wait until uh, 10 o'clock when the good, worthy workforce is now safely installed in its office. They can go any time of the day and that's another advance. Because I remember seeing people waiting at bus stops and they used to say when they got on nervously, am I twirly? twirly meaning too early for the the time that they were meant to be travelling and now the poor twirlies can get on at any time they want to. I'm very enthused about the whole uh, new emphasis on age being uh, something that we welcome with open arms and uh, this is why I wrote the play because I was thinking about it too, that there are some people who equate their lives with the job they have. Now, that's not as miserable and dismal as it might seem, because actually, you know, if you have a good job and you get pride out of it, it acts as a kind of a scaffolding to you for your life. It shouldn't take over your life, but I think uh, there are people who are not ready to retire, and they certainly shouldn't be asked to leave the workforce at an early age, what they consider an early age, when they still have a lot to give, just because cosmetically it might be nicer to have a younger person there. And uh, the Equality Commission is doing a lot to sort this out. And I really uh, am delighted to try and examine these issues. And I hope that you'll enjoy the play. And here's one I've been asked for by a lot of people. Always anxious to oblige when I can. The late Jean Pitney singing only 24 hours from Tulsa. This is one for the golden oldies if ever I heard one. Golden oldie my arse. 
I thought you liked Ronan. I do like Ronan. And often he's talking about perfectly ordinary songs as if they were something from a 19th century musical. He was speaking with inverted commas in quotation marks. I didn't hear any quotation marks. It's a great song anyway. It's a crap song. It didn't matter how far he was from Tulsa, the rat still cheated on his wife. It's meant to show how regretful he was. So near home, and he fell at the last fence. What do you mean, near home? He was 24 hours away. He could have been in Tokyo. I get the feeling, Ewa, that nothing much is going to please you this weekend. No, no, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I am. Anyway, it's a break. It's a rest. You're away from the phone, from pressure, from people dragging out of you. Oh, no. Ema, no! You said you were going to take the day off. Just one day off from FMA to add to the weekend, and you can't even do that. Oh! Hello? No problem, Nicola. No, no, Jack is driving. I'm free as a bird. You you can't find what? Oh, oh, I see. (laughs) Well, we must have just run out of them, but no worries. Open the emergency file. It's a red ring file there in my drawer. You'll see a copy of every one of those leaflets in it. Just photocopy the one you want. No, not at all. That's what I'm here for. That's not what you're here for, Ema. Bye. You're here away from bloody FMA to have a weekend off with me. And Brian and Heidi. Look, if you don't want to go, let's turn round and go home now. Jack, please. We'll have a great time. Isn't it better that that young girl can call and ask me where the leaflets about the EU directive are rather than have her wasting a day looking for them? Oh, no. I've another 50 miles to go. Hello? Oh, Oh, hello, Heidi. Yes, indeed, we're on the road. (laughs) No, quite right to check. Jack's driving, he can't talk. Or would you like him to pull in? No. Just checking, I'm fine. See you in a while. Jack was just saying only another 50 miles. Yes. Oh, don't you? Well, it's about 80 kilometres. Right, Heidi. Dying for it all. Love to Brian. You think she'd know miles and kilometres by now, wouldn't you? <laughs> I love you, you know. In spite of everything. <laughs> and in spite of everything, I love you too, Jack. What did Jack say? Pass me the sharp knife, love, will you? It wasn't Jack. It was Emer. Talking in miles like the old days. You think she'd know kilometres by now? Our old habits die hard. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, here are the courgettes you wanted. Uh, are Jack and Emer on the way? Yes. That's why I wanted to check. There's always some crisis or other in that FMA. You think she ran the United Nations instead of being a receptionist, for God in heaven's sake. Behind a desk in a big foyer. FMA is a big company. And Emer's been there for years. Yes, but it's not a big important career now, is it? Can you get those little half-moon plates? I want us to make little individual salads. I leave the dressing in a jug and then everyone can toss their own. Ah, It'll be nice to see them here for a change. We normally see them up in their place. It's different up there. It's not a real visit. It's more like being in a bed and breakfast. Both of them gone out of the house by 7am. Just the table set and eggs left out for us to cook ourselves. And then they're coming home late in the evening. 
It's no life. Well, by this time next year, they'll know a proper life. Jack retires from the school in June. But what about her? I know Ema, and I don't think she's going to go meekly. Is that the word, meekly? Yes, yes, that's the word. And Ema is far from meek. But they will be like us, won't they? They must have made plans. I wouldn't count on it. You are glad they're coming, aren't you? Oh, yes, I am glad. Very glad. Oh, I know I sometimes sound over fussy. And yes, I do think Emer is a bit dismissive about our life. But once she sees the cottage and experiences it for herself, she'll be delighted. And she'll want something just like it for herself and Jack. Oh, Brian, that's perfect. You've done a lovely job with the salad. Good. They'll be stunned by all the fresh vegetables from our own garden. I just go and blend the parsnip soup. And we'll be having our own courgettes and carrots with the main course. And there will be a rhubarb crumble. And they'll see all the children. And grandchildren. You're very quiet, Ema. Would anything please you, I ask? First I'm bringing the office into the car with the mobile phone. Now I'm too silent. And you the very devil to satisfy. I was just afraid you were worrying about something. That's all. I was thinking about you, not me. Yes, I know. Sorry for biting your head off. So are you? Am I what? Worried. No more than any citizen at the thought of Brian and Heidi's children being paraded for us with all their affluence. None of that worries you remotely. Or me. Well, what else am I worried about then? I don't know, do I? You're always so able to cope. You could have found an unexplained lump on you. You could have a stalker. You could have been sacked from FMA. You could be worried about Terry smoking pot. You wouldn't necessarily say anything to me. I'd be the last to know. How did you know? What? I asked, how could you have known? Oh, God, no, Emma. No. You haven't... You don't have a lump, do you? Of course not. I'm as strong as a horse. (sighs) So what did I know, then? Work. Andy Anderson said that they were all assuming that I would be leaving this summer. What's that all? It's the biggest and worst thing that could happen to me. Oh, I don't think it's anything like the worst thing that could happen to you. Uh, Lumps can be removed. This is a bit more tricky. When did it happen? Monday last. Oh, and you waited four full days before telling me? I wasn't even going to tell you now, you guess. I didn't guess. I was just throwing out wild, worst-case suggestions as to why you might be worried. There's a bullseye very quickly, then. Uh, uh, were you ever going to tell me, as a matter of interest? Or were you going to go on pretending to be going into FM and bloody A's until you got your bus pass? I was going to wait until I had decided what to do. Oh. So let's decide, then. Will we go on a cruise? What? Remember the way we always said that one day we'd go on a cruise to Alaska, see icebergs and sea otters and the place where the gold rush was? And we will, too, one day, for our vacation. But this has nothing to do with FM and bloody A, as you so rightly called them. Well, it has, in a way. If you'll be free of them, we can go any time. High season or low season? I don't want to be free of them. I'm retiring this year. 
Wouldn't it be perfect timing? No, it would be lousy timing. So why do they want you to go? Oh, they don't want me to go. They think it's time for me to go. A very different thing altogether. I don't understand any of this. And you wonder why I didn't tell you? Uh-uh, that's not fair. Talk to me about it. It's nothing. As I said, I'm not taking any notice of them. I'm turning up as if nothing had happened. But what did happen? <sighs> they said my age was against me. Huh? That doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't. That's exactly what I said to Andy Anderson. You said that straight out to one of the bosses? Yes, the so-called suave one. He drew the short straw to tell me. To tell you what exactly? Like I said, that I was too old. That I was nearly 60. And so my face didn't fit any longer at a reception desk as the young, vibrant image of FMA. What did you say? You see, I thought it was a joke first, so I sort of laughed. Then he looked embarrassed, and I realised that it wasn't a joke. Then he says, Nicola would be taking over. The, the one who rang you because you couldn't find the forms? The very one. So why did you tell her where they were or how to find them? Because I'm a professional, Jack. I've been with FMA for 36 years. I'm not going to do something small and petty and spiteful just because Andy Anderson and his mates are having a midlife crisis and want babes at the front office. But it's their call, sweetheart. They're the boss class. You're the worker bee. They can't sack me. <laughs> of course they can. They can't, Jack. It's against the law. There's no law saying they can't ask you to go. There is. It's called the Equality Act 2004. It used to be the, the Employment Equality Act 1998, but it was amended to protect groups of people who used to be at risk. You can't discriminate against someone on account of their age or religion or colour or sexual orientation or being a traveller. Mm, or... they still run the show. They're not sacking me. They always knew what age I was. They needn't think for one minute that I'm going quietly because I am not. Well, what are you doing? I'm indicating left and I'm going to pull off the road. I know, we'd be late for Mrs. Organised. I'd call them. I know a nice place by the river. We have to stop and talk. This is too important. No, sure, I understand. Whenever you like. No problems, Jack. Come when you can. See you when we see you. What is it now? He said they had to stop and have a discussion about something. <sighs> discussion, indeed. Well, I think it was very considerate of them, to be honest. They know that we keep regular hours and they didn't want to be putting us out if they were a little later than expected. Yes, that's true. What on earth would they have to discuss? Terry, what else? If we had a son like Terry, we'd be discussing him from dawn to dusk. You're very good to me, Brian. You calm me down when I get a bit fussed. Yeah, you don't get fussed, love. You're my little precision Swiss watch. <laughs> Look at that beautiful meal you've prepared. Your one on the television is only trotting after you. But what could they be saying about that loser Terry that hasn't been said a million times in the last 30 years? 
I wonder where they went to have the discussion. I never knew this place was here. Uh, there's an old castle a bit further downstream. I used to take my class out here on school outing before all these insurance regulations came in. Now we can hardly take them anywhere. No wonder they're all so restless. Ah, Jack, you're always so good with the kids. You're going to miss teaching desperately. Oh, no, I am not. There's a time to spin and a time to weave and a time to teach and a time to pause and draw your breath. That's why they give teachers such long summer holidays, so they can draw their breath. Mm, I've taught them everything that I know, love. I'm happy to leave. Really, I am. But I'm not, and I'm not leaving. It'll take a while to get used to it. I've had more time to think about it. I knew I'd be hanging up my boots at 60. You didn't. That's all. Do you know, Jack, nice and all as this river is, I've seen enough of it. Let's go and see your family before they implode with anxiety. They're all right. I told them we were having a discussion. Well, we've had one. It's over. We haven't started. We've finished. Jack, I am not leaving FMA and that's that. And let's go back to the car. There they are. So it wasn't a long discussion at all. Oh, how much is that you say about poor Terry? Shh, don't talk about Terry. Ah, come in, come in. Uh, come on in, you I must find... be exhausted. Oh, Jack. <laughs> it's great to be here. Oh, let me take your jacket, Dima, and your bags. Brian, can you put the bags in the bedroom? Certainly, dear. Oh, isn't the place looking lovely? Uh, I put my jacket on the end of the stairs, Heidi. Oh, no, no, let me get you a hanger. You have the house beautiful. Well, it's been a while since you were here, of course. Too long. Show me what's new. Well, first, come through here. This is the extension, and look beyond, the new conservatory which opens into the garden. Oh, oh, it's beautiful, isn't it, Jack? Huh? Oh, beautiful, yes, yes, great. Oh, Brian, have you put the cases in the bedroom? Oh, yes, dear. Good. Emma loves the extension, Brian. It's fantastic, Brian. Really, it is. Oh, the place is twice the size. You must be delighted with it. Oh, it's so... So good that you're here. Oh, and just look out there at the vegetable garden. Don't tell me those are all real vegetables. And you grow them yourselves. Yes, and you'll be eating a lot of them tonight and over the weekend. <laughs> Terrific. But they seem almost too beautiful to pick. Wake up, for God's sake, Jack. Respond, will you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, too beautiful to pick. Well, how would we eat them? If we didn't pick them. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's true, yes. Come back in here into the sitting room, Jack, and huh? look at this picture. Don't tell me you painted that yourself, Heidi. I go to my senior arts group on a Tuesday. Oh, it's just great. Look at that, Jack. Isn't it like something you'd see in a gallery? Yeah, you could go to a senior arts group, Emma. Senior arts group, my arse. Heavens. Uh, what Emma means is... Uh... Is what she says. Heidi is interested in painting. She has a very good eye and she has done a lovely picture. It doesn't matter whether she did it at senior arts, mixed infants or rehab. It's a good picture that she did. It's not therapy for people whose faces don't fit. 
I was wondering, would you like a nice cup of tea? Ah, that would be absolutely... Not nearly what is needed. I'd love a drink as it happens. Fine, of course. Or a lie down. At bedtime. That's when I really like to lie down and sleep. Good, good. So uh, I'll get us a drink then. We were having a discussion about retirement. I knew you would. I said that to Brian today. It's time for Emma to retire when Jack does. I haven't a notion of it. Oh, but I mean, won't you have to sometime? Why not now? Because I'm not ready now. No, not nearly ready. We haven't talked it through fully. There's no talking it through. I'm not leaving. That's it. Well, I'm sure they haven't suggested that you do leave. They have. Aren't they friends of yours in FMA? FMA friends, my arse. Uh, Brian, I wonder if we could have that drink you were talking about. You have taken to saying my arse a lot, Ema. I have. I've noticed that too. Well, what can I offer anyone? Uh, wine? Wine? My... Wine would be just lovely. Well, thank the Lord for that. Uh, red or white? We have both, so now just choose. Which do you have more of? All right, Jart, stop glaring at me. I was only joking. Red will be lovely. Ah, oh. there you are, Ima. <laughs> it's um, great to be here. It's so peaceful, isn't it? Oh. It is indeed, Jack. And that's because it is in the country, which is peaceful compared to the city. And because Brian and Heidi are peaceful people. Thank you, Brian. This is lovely wine. And even suppose they had to hack their way through young criminals, as in your case, or faithless colleagues, as in mine, this house would still be peaceful, if you get my drift. Well, uh, thank you, Ema. Not at all, Heidi. Oh, that was very nice, by the way. It went down a treat. Have you finished the drink already? Indeed I have. And very good it was. Oh, let, let me give you another. Oh, uh, Brian, I, I'm not sure that's a good but idea. But you are uh, sure, Jack, of everything. Like that there's a time to give in to arrogant, sexist employers who want to break the law in order to see a pretty face or a pair of legs up to the armpit. I only said that maybe we could see the world together. Go to Alaska. Do we have to replay every line of our conversation, Jack? I said to you that I'd love to go to Alaska in the holidays. Do you think we could take the drinks to our room? Obviously we're going to have to continue this conversation and we don't want to bore Heidi and Brian, do oh, we? Oh, no, no, you are not boring us. And anyway, we'd only be waiting to know what you were going to say. Listening at the door, even. <laughs> Did you both really want to retire or are you just putting a good face on it? Oh, I couldn't wait for it. Mm, me neither. But then I had this whole garden all drawn out and planned. And you see, in my case, I'd rather break stones on the road than do a garden. <laughs> everyone to their own, Emma, as we always say. Yes, you do, Jack. Like everyone to their own when it comes to retirement. <laughs> Did they say why they wanted you to leave? Oh, because there's a pert little bosomy brainless girl called Nicola who looks much nicer at the reception desk, shows the young, vibrant image of FM and bloody A. They can't do that. And you have a perfectly adequate bosom, Emer. Oh, yeah, uh, speaking as someone with a much more intimate knowledge, I'd say a very spectacular bosom. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Jack. Hello, Nicola. No, no. 
Delighted, I tell you. Just delighted. Fire ahead. Why does she do it? Yes. Help this cuckoo in no. the nest. Yes. I suppose she oh, wants no, to no. play fair. Yeah, but they yes. haven't played fair with her. Not at all. A pleasure. Oh, she's hanging up now. What was it this time? The new vibrant image of FMA has a few problems. Like whether to let reps and commercial travellers go in to see the partners. <laughs> they all say that they're personal friends of Mr Anderson, etc. Our Nicola isn't sure. So you marked her card, right? I'm not going to sink to their level, Jack. There are other jobs, Emma. At nearly 60? Give me a break. Before you arrived, I was hoping that you would retire. Heidi and I were indeed talking about it. But now I see it's not for you. Is there any part-time work? Not in there, there's not. You know, I was there when they set it all up. Andy Anderson, Jim Ferguson, Bob McMahon. It was as much my dream as it was theirs. What a pity you didn't have any money to invest at the time. I did, but I put it into our house. You said you wanted to, Emma. You never mentioned that you could have invested it in the company. Yes, I did want to, and I'm glad. I never regretted it for one minute. But you should have told me then. You really should. No need. There was never any choice, and without it we wouldn't have had such a nice house. No, it's just the sheer unfairness of it, and the fact that it's against the law. Surely a company should be able to use the skills of someone who's been around for a fair bit of time. We should be valuable, for God's sake. We know where the leaflets are and which commercial travellers to let in and which to keep out. But that's a skill, isn't it? You keep saying it's illegal, but is it? Yes, it is. You can't sack anyone for just looking older, just as you can't hire only young people. Remember that company that tried it, saying only people with under three years' experience need apply? Mm -hmm, It was challenged, and they soon put a halt to their gallop. But surely it's the law that we have to go at 60 or 65. In some branches of the civil service, not all. That's all tied up with pensions and insurance. It's just big business stepping in to make more money. Does nobody ever think about the experience older people have? The things we've seen and done that the bosoms and the legs haven't had time to see yet. Is there a danger, perhaps, of our going round in circles here? (laughs) Possibly, but it's thirsty work anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. Another glass of wine. Uh, possibly we should have a clear head. A clear head, my arse. I know these are stressed times, but is there a danger that you might overuse that phrase, Ema? Every danger, Heidi. Every danger on earth. Ema, love. Ema. Oh, God. Oh, you brought me tea. Oh, Jack, I'm sorry. Oh, why didn't you just leave me? Any court in the land would have given you an annulment. (laughs) It's more fun being with you. I was fun yesterday. Some of the time. And the rest of the time? Ah, You were very honest. And sad. And hurt. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm sorry. Not realising that you could have bought into that company if you hadn't paid a deposit on our house. Oh, I said that? Yes, I didn't realise that. Oh, you weren't meant to realise. So I do now. No more secrets, okay? Right. Well, what are we going to do about friends my arse? Who? (laughs) 
Friends, my ass. It's the name of the company last night. FMA. No hope that Heidi didn't notice. <laughs> None at all. Oh, I'm still not going to leave. And you're going to do what exactly when they escort you to the door? I will escort myself to a lawyer. Ah, who will charge an arm and a leg? Which I have, amazingly. I put something by every single week for the rainy day. Oh, boy, is this umbrella time. Hmm, and what were you saving for? Terry, I suppose. But God bless him, he didn't ever need it. Or maybe a cruise to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, will this lawyer win for you, for us? Yes, yes indeed. Too many precedents. If there's one thing that FM and Bloody A don't want, it's to be paying a full salary to Nicola and compensation to me. Right, and how will you begin? Huh. The Equality Authority will negotiate on my behalf. It's an obvious injustice. And the lads don't want to be splashed all over the papers as the bad guys. Ah. When did you decide all this? Mm. It only became clear last night. <laughs> You're telling me you remember what happened after you hit the wine? That anything is clear to you from last night? Of course not. I mean, not what I said. Not what anyone said. But I do remember the mood. You all thought I was mad at the start. Now you see the justice and fairness of it. I'm over the first hurdle. Mm. Oh. Their children are coming in to be admired. Are you able for that? Of course I am. Anyone who can deal with FMA can cope with a few multilingual genius children. <laughs> and Jack? Yes, love? I will retire one day. Or change one day. You know that, don't you? Oh, one day after all this court battle, you'll wake up and find out that you are a golden oldie. Is that it? <laughs> it won't get anywhere near court. They will be so afraid of me. Yes, like we all are. Don't make me laugh. Afraid of me? A near golden oldie? Ah, come on. No, that's not the way I see it now. I see someone who has all the knowledge and skills of decades, amassed over decades. And I'm full of awe at what I see. Right. Uh, give me three minutes in a shower until I gather all that knowledge and those skills. They got a bit frayed last night, but it was worth it. Poor little Emer, you have a battle ahead. Poor little Emer, my arse. I love a good fight, and I'm really looking forward to this one. You have been listening to Golden Oldie, My Arse by Maeve Binchy with Marion O'Dwyer as Emer and Emmett Bergen as Jack. Brian was played by Des Cave and Eileen Colgan was Heidi. Ronan Collins was himself. Sound effects were by Andrew Kane, sound supervision Richard McCullough and the producer was Catherine Brennan. A man called Bernard M. Baruch once said to me, Old age is always 15 years older than I am. Oh dear, I shouldn't have said that. Each of my three guests today is just over 15 years older than I am. Novelist Jennifer Johnson is a Whitbread Award winner, a Booker Prize nominee. Mamo MacDonald, former doyen of the Irish Countrywomen's Association, is president of Age and Opportunity. And Senator Morris Hayes has developed 
a whole new and, I suspect, more interesting life since compulsory retirement from the Northern Ireland Civil Service at age 60. Together, their life experience totals 232 years, but I doubt if any of them has ever been treated in an ageist way. Is that a fair comment? No, I, I have actually once. It gives me great satisfaction to remember it. Um, I remember about, it's about 15 years ago now, a uh, junior minister in the Northern Ireland office had asked me to take on some post or other. And uh, I demurred, and then after a while I said, yeah, I would. And he, he wrote me this awful letter, which had been written for him by some civil servant, I'm sure, uh, saying that uh, since the post was for five years, <laughs> and uh, although I now had all my marbles, <laughs> he couldn't be sure of my... Staying the course. It's true, disgraceful, actually. Now, it gives me great satisfaction to see that he has disappeared from public life <laughs> on a series of banana skins in the, the Conservative Party, and I'm still here. So, you know. Okay, so, but nobody else, Memo, you I don't have think so, not in any significant mm-hmm. way. Just, no. you know, the little things. That what about, well, before we talk about the little things, what about taking that, uh, that, that point from, from Maeve Binch's play there, where Jack said, there's a time to spin and a time to weave and a time to teach and a time to pull and draw your breath. You don't believe that either, do you? Yeah, but it's a different time for every person. Yeah, for each person. And they must be allowed to choose their own time. I mean, I think if somebody is obviously incapable of doing their job, then they should politely be, this should be pointed out to them. But I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people who are perfectly, I saw a man on television um, who was 103 um, in England. Yes. organising petrol pumps and washing cars. And he said nobody was going to stop him. And I thought, good on you, man. And yet most of us would think, the poor man is having to do this work at this age. That's ageist, is it? I don't think so. Maybe he needed the company. Maybe it was. Well, I heard... No, but it's ageist to think that, to say, oh, Oh, that poor man's having to do that work at his age. We have at home a problem in that we have a wonderful gardener who has worked in our garden since he was 15, He's now 82. And we know that if we said, just stop, that he would go home and he would sit and look at the fire and he'd be dead in about three weeks. Yes. Well, that's I remember when I grew up in a, in a small hotel in Dan Patrick and we had this old waiter. He's a wonderful, wonderful man in, in his 80s. Uh, but one of the troubles was uh, he would come down to the kitchen and order meals for customers who weren't there. <laughs> yes. And it became rather difficult when they ordered six fillet steaks. You know. <laughs> but <laughs> I know I know of a woman uh, who retired at 65 and when she found herself watching uh, afternoon television and saw all her contemporaries getting fat she decided it was time to go back to work. And she works in a smart shoe store now and will be shortly celebrating uh, some significant birthday, probably her 70th, and she's planning to do um, a parachute jump to celebrate the occasion. Well, good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Maeve Binchy mentioned this as positive ageing week in, in her introduction to the play. Now, I didn't actually know it was that uh, particular week. But, you know, are we making too much of this? Do we actually suffer from ageism? Yes, we do. I think we do, yeah. And I think that we have to have these sort of events to shock people and to to, to prick people's consciousness uh, into looking at age in a different way. See, I think what has happened is that institutionalised society hasn't caught up with what's happening. 
First of all, life expectancy is a lot more mm-hmm. than it was. People are, are living longer. Uh, secondly, all that compulsory retirement, you know, in the civil service, there was a time when women teachers had to, in the north, had to, in Catholic schools, had to retire when they got married. And it all had to the do whole with... whole civil service here in the Republic had yes, women the marriage bar. And the public service generally, yeah. And I it, had to retire yeah, at yeah. 19. And it had to do... <laughs> because I was getting married. It had to do with the concept of there being a limited number of jobs and that these had to go to the male heads of families yes. and the rest of it. Now they, 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 the whole world's changed, you know, and there's a resource in elderly people that society can't afford to do without. But, but rather like the seasons, which seem to be changing, um, people's lives are different now. Women and men are not getting married till they're right. in their 40s, some of them. They're having children in their 40s. I mean, this this terrifies me because I had my kids in my early twenties, mm-hmm. and I find this very frightening because you 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 can't cope as well with children when you're forty and fifty mm-hmm. and sixty. When you're sixty, you want somebody to bring them to you and take them away again, yeah. <laughs> lovely little creatures. But um, and and look in America, they're all having lumps cut out of themselves and the smiles and. Yeah. Um, Film stars are saying, you know, we don't get any work because we look as if we're 45 when really mm-hmm. people want us to look as if they're 25. So they have lumps cut out of themselves. I think it's ghastly. I, I think there's something really quite splendid about being old. I'm old. And I, apart from the fact that I have aches and pains, and sometimes, you know, they just happen and I can't get out of cars like I used to. All that sort of thing. That's irrelevant. My mind is working better than it ever has before. Well, lucky you. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's it not though, Morris, is it not a politically, politically correct? This ageism non- mm-hmm. uh, stuff is it's more political, politically correct language. And, you know... Do we really need to have to focus on it so much? Does life not just go on and? Yes, we way? do because yeah. ageist attitudes lead on to discriminatory practice. So you've got to get rid of the. So give me some. Uh, well, for instance, uh, people over seventy aren't permitted to be uh, to sit on a jury. Uh, mm-hmm. It's obligatory from eighteen yeah. to sixty-five. It's optional from sixty-five to seventy, and then you're out the door. That is it's totally it's, daft. Yes, and it's saying that you lose your your judgment. And what about this experience of life and the wisdom, the accumulated wisdom? You know, that's you see, that, that's a law. Now, somebody made a law there. Now, who made that law? Politicians. Mm-hmm. Half the politicians are over that age. Yeah, of course they are. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, and the civil service, Morris. The civil servants have to retire when they're 65, but the politicians don't. Well, I had to retire at 60, which annoyed me intensely because I'd been in local government before that and I thought I was going to retire at 65 so that all my you know, insurance policies and that were all geared to that. And I um, actually had to find other things to do. But apart from that, I was in full flight at that time. You know, I had a lot of mileage in me and, and I just thought it was... A, but you know, I've been lucky since then that I've done a series of things uh, each of which is like a, a new career in a way. And, but uh, I'm making the point that you're a politician. You, you, if 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 a law were introduced, well, I'm a very make-believe politician. Well, that's actually, okay, you but know, you do have I mean, a vote. You see, you have a vote in in Shandier, and so yes. so therefore, if there were a law, if that law that that uh, stops people being on juries yeah. after the seventy were introduced today, you would have to vote uh, on on that. Yes. Now, 
you're over you're over seventy. Yeah. Uh, not all of the TDs and senators are, but you know, increasingly Aye. they're kind of pushing that. That's right. We have a young Taoiseach this week, anyway, uh, and um, you know. Well, actually, on this week, uh, you know, my my colleague uh, Senator Mary White, who's taken up this cause, was uh, introducing a discussion on 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 ageing and that, and she does propose, and I will help her in it, uh, to bring in a bill to deal with that. So, what what would be in that bill? That bill would take away, actually, arbitrary age limits mm. and allow people to be judged in their capacity to do a job mm-hmm. right. and their willingness to do it, nothing else. There's another thing, actually, I was struck by, by, by the play there where the lady said she had had a job for life. Uh, and I think things are changing and mm. people tend not to have jobs for lives. That's true. Their life goes as a period of continuous Cyprus. re-engineering of sure. yourself, really. Mm. And I think that changes the whole ball game in a mm. way, you know, mm. that I, I think we'll all do things for seven years or eight years. Yeah, or but I like suppose that. people of our age, when we were young, we thought of the permanent... Permanent and pensionable. Permanent and pensionable. Like Guinness clerkship of the third class. <laughs> 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 what about Memo? They, we, you know, they, they're talking in the play about Emer's uh, talking about the equality authority and the courses the yes. equality legislation. Yeah. Now, how uh, when that was introduced, it was kind of at the forefront of of the EU. I don't know if everyone else yes. has caught up with us on this one uh, mm-hmm. just, just yet. But how effective do you think that legislation has I been? I think it's been very effective, yeah. and and some of the the cases that have been taken on the grounds of age are very interesting. For instance, the ones about going into pubs. The man that was celebrating his 72nd birthday and he was he was barred from going into a particular pub in Dublin. His family were letting and the birthday boy was told to go home. He was too old and he took a successful case. There were two women down in Limerick who were went to try to get into a pub in Limerick and they were told that they were too old. Funny enough, they were looking for young women and older men to go into the particular pub. Uh, the women were 36 and 42. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, there's a kind of young population in Limerick, I suppose. Yeah. They have their problems. They have their <laughs> problems, yeah. Um, so w- what about the legislation, Morris, from your point of view? Has it, has it been good? The oh, yes, quality I think so. I, I, I think it has done, done, done very well. And uh, it's one of the cases, actually, I, I think it's a whole raft of legislation that we owe to Europe more than to anything right. else. Yeah. You know, because yeah, but the point I'm making is we got in ahead of them. It forced on us, but then we did it in this case. by meeting European standards, you know, and thank goodness we've done it. Mm. Yes, but uh, the EU itself uh, had a, an age limit of, was it 45 or 48, mm-hmm. for entrance to the, you know, to work. That's right. In the EU, in the Commission, yeah. yeah. We see the population is getting older uh, and we're going to have a much higher number of, of uh, pensioners, call them that for the moment, uh, <coughs> as the years go, go past. Now, is that sustainable or do we have to, are we going to be forced, as I think the British have been talking about, letting people work, almost compelling people to work until they're that bit older, uh, because that's the only way to fund the pensions. Yeah. You see, what you have in, in a... Society like that is, is what you call the dependency ratio. Uh, the number of people not in work, either because they're under the working age or because they're beyond the, the, the working age, who have to be maintained by the people who actually are in work. And, and they, the number of people actually in work in proportion, we're, we're an ageing society. And we maybe have to wait until they, all the new immigrants begin to 
produce children and that sort of thing to restore that balance. These things go in, in waves. But, I mean, there's two reasons. One is that the pension systems, most of the pension systems are not sustainable, actually, and that's why British are saying, well, you work on until you're 70 instead of anything else. But, you know, most people are able to work on until they're 70 if they want to. I don't think anybody should be forced to work on yeah, if they, they don't want to, you know, but I think people should have the choice. It's this choice of a time to spin and a time to weave that you're yes. talking about. And we, we all have to have that. Memo, you mentioned the little things. What are the little things that annoy you? I suppose that I'm disappointed sometimes when I walk down the street of my own town and, and that that uh, in a town like ours, you know, the size of ours, uh, people greet one another mm. and that you're, you actually, as you get old, you become invisible to the younger population, which I hadn't realised. Uh, and that, I, I notice that yeah. at times, that they just don't see you. Mm. Jennifer, the things, the little things that annoy you. Well, uh, it, it's not that they annoy me so much, but I think as you get older, uh, I think you become a little frightened, and like, um, not not frightened very seriously, but a little frightened, which comes up, um, you know, from time to time, and I, I think that everybody, in certainly in Europe. I think everybody, but we can't go throughout the entire world. I think there should be a space and um, a way in which old people can really live gently the sort of lives they want to live for the last few years of their of their lives. I really do. I think that old people being frightened of of death, of illness, of burglars. I mean, the burglar yeah. thing is really scary. Yeah. Um, and and they do, you know, really attack old people and they get very little money out of it, but they bash them down onto the floor and you see pictures in the papers of old men with their faces all beaten up. I mean, this is dreadful. Easy targets. Oh, dreadful, mm. dreadful. And, you know, I, I think that people have worked all their lives, most people have worked all their lives, and they should be, they should know that when their working time is over, when they decide that, you know, there will be somewhere for them to live, somewhere that's warm, they should have food. They should, it, they, I, d I don't mean that they should be put in homes, and far from it. Um, that's another thing they're frightened of. They're terrified Very that much. children are going to put them in homes. Yeah. And, and children yes. do it. With, you know, and, and they it. say, oh, well, you know, it's the best place for her. She might set the house on fire you wouldn't know we will just it's a very nice home they say and you want to, i want to take them and strangle them mm, but does that come down sometimes to competence rather than simple cruelty you know well it's I it's the it's assumption no, that there isn't a competence there to make a decision about your own life mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. it's it's care taken too far mm. uh, that that they think that you cannot make up your own mind about it and if older people are part of the consultative process about whether a care home is the best option, if they're part of that, they will settle better in a mm. care home. That's some research yeah. agent opportunity did. And that was one of the things they discovered. Had the people themselves been party to the, to the decision, they accepted uh, you know, going into the home and being part of it. I'd like to put in a sort of a plea for carers, though, because as people live longer, what you're finding is that elderly people are being looked after by elderly people. 
who are becoming increasingly frail, and all too often as an elderly daughter, you know, mm-hmm. who's sacrificed for this. And, and I, I think society, as Jennifer says, needs to recognise the, uh, uh, the contribution that people have made to society mm-hmm. and that society should therefore return it to them. And I, I, I think our social services and the rest of it need to be organised in a way that, that people don't have to fear I mean, this loneliness. Terrible. They don't fear. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would hate to be put into a home. I remember going to see a, a, a widow of a former colleague of mine one time coming up to Christmas in a home in Belfast, and I'm sure it was a nice home, the rest of it. But, you know, I said to one of the Very boys who brought me up, look, if I ever get to that stage, you know, just take me out and shoot. But well, isn't I spent two weeks in a care home no. this summer because I had been very ill. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a very enlightening experience. And it was one, uh, it was one where, where creativity and personal choice came into the equation. Yeah. And I think if you're... You in, mean it was encouraged? Yes, it the was. very good ones are very good. Mm. Yeah. No because that was the point really I was going to make to you, that, that, that yeah. all we hear is the public, the bad stuff, the Lee's yes. Cross. We hear bad, bad publicity awful. about about homes. There's a negative concept to homes, you know, being put into a home. But it's one of the, put it's into one of the things you're kind that... It's going to be left to die. You don't feel positively about it at all. So yeah. how do you change that? Well, Age and Opportunity are working very hard in yeah. that, and it's the Arts and Care programme. And they, uh, what we maintain is that... You're a person, and uh, uh, a person has a life and has potential right to the very end of their days. And if creativity within the the space is encouraged, uh, that brings out, um, you know, aspects of the person that maybe have been masked for years and years. And you found that where you were for the two weeks this summer. You found well, that I, the creativity I was, was, was encouraged. Uh, it was, yes. Mm. yes. Well, you Inter- find it for 52 weeks mm. if you're there. Memo. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, there's also... I think it was the ethos of this place yes. that I liked. Mm. Sure. And it was the way the high dependency and the lower yeah. dependency were all together and that they were interacting yeah. And I hadn't seen that in in because generally they that are allowed an segregated. interdependence yeah. in a way. Uh, it, it allowed an interdependence. It did, uh, yes, yeah, and yeah. it allowed for the people who who were less dependent and less frail to help out with the people who were more dependent. Mm-hmm. But is there a problem that we don't? get hear enough of the good news about the better homes that we don't have an education program that we just have these n- negative stereotypes of homes oh i think that i mean i think as far as one can gather um there are some very very good homes mm-hmm. but there are not nearly enough and i think that uh, they're having terrible problems staffing them nowadays and yeah um and there's a lack of, of national policy on, on, on this territory anyway. Certainly, yeah, and there's a there lack is, of inspection is, and inspection yeah. standards mm. too, which is mm. another thing. Let's go back to, 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 to the play again, to another issue that, that uh, is very important there. Uh, Emer is going to be sacked, at least she's not going to be sacked, but they think they're yeah. going to sack her. Um, and that's because they want the young one with the long legs and yeah. the uh, the pert little you know what uh, there uh, uh, to to uh, greet and meet the people who come in uh, the door now that means we're talking about women that's right would yeah. that issue arrive yeah. uh, arrive where is a man mm-hmm. yeah. i don't think so you don't think so no, i don't mm-hmm. like is it only uh, something that i imagine that women tend to be disappeared in rte off television as they grow older I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I haven't thought that one through, so I'm not going to get myself into trouble here with that. Um, but I mean, well, you can argue that there are not enough women broadcasters yeah. anyway in, in RT. You can say there aren't enough in radio, where even if that were an issue, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it actually doesn't matter. But you've got Mary Wilson, you've Marion Finucane, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, those would be the two main women there, whereas you've, you've more uh, men around. And I'm, I, I think a lot of women are probably a little bit annoyed about, about that. But for yeah. whatever reason, that's, that, that's the way it's gone. But, you know, Jennifer, this issue about, about it wouldn't happen to a man, mm-hmm. uh, is that really at the core, do you think, of what, of what that play is saying? Well, I think that's at the core of what this play says. Yeah. And whether it's totally and utterly true, I'm not sure. But th- that was what this play was about. And it was also, her husband was rather patronising to her, I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the um, whoever, whatever sort of relations they may have been, um, were grim. <laughs> and there was, no, there was no positive sympathy from anybody no. for this woman in her plight at all. I hope she wins. I hope she gets a hell of a lot of money out of those mm-hmm. people. Well, if you see, if that's a reflection of the society that mm. may have been she has lived in, then that's making that point that there is no, there is a negative attitude uh, towards women. Uh, there's Morris a negative somewhere. attitude yeah. towards them retiring. Uh-huh. Definitely, yes, yeah. and towards aging women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, you know, what have we got to do? Where, where do we go from here? Where, that's always the last question on the programme. Where do we go from here? We go on fighting the good fight. <laughs> I mean, there is. She is lucky, actually, in the sense that she recognises that, that she has rights mm. under the um, equality legislation and she's going to pursue her rights. Mm. And the important thing is that people should be aware of their rights yes, and should pursue them. and people them. aren't told about their rights. Yeah. And they're, after all, they're only 60, these people. That's they're right. not really old no. at all. But... Uh, one of the things that surprised me in looking at, at the research on, the, on this programme is that if you're 60, uh, you don't qualify for a 10-year driving licence anymore. You don't, no. You know, you can only get a three-year driving licence. And once you're over 70, then you have to have, uh, you have to go and get a doctor's certificate to say you're capable of driving. Well, apparently, if, if you're between 60 and 67, uh, you can't get the 10-year one, but you can apply for one that will expire when you're 70. So it's not just a yes. three-year no. one. Yes. You can't go. So they've drawn 70 uh, as, as, I, as an I'm age. I'm not so hung up about that, actually. I don't drive at all now. Then, then, then it wouldn't I worry was, you. No, I was keeping a panel beater in pet employment on my own, actually, <laughs> you know, with little small things in that. And you do get macular deterioration. You do get, I had cataracts in both eyes and yeah. that now. I just, my eyes aren't up to it, you know. And so therefore, I think it's not an unreasonable thing to, yes. to, to say that people should in some way... I think they should have an eye kept on them, drivers, because yes, driving is so dangerous. Yeah. And we've got such a terrible record of this Well, I live five fact, miles out in the country. mostly young people who are killing well, each well, other. That's, I think that's the point you're going to make. Yeah, yeah. 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 I live five miles out in the country from mm, my yes. local town now. And had I not got my wheels, yeah. and I wasn't allowed, after being ill, I wasn't allowed yes. to drive mm. for a couple of months. And I became very dependent well, I've never driven because I've got eye problems uh-huh. and I just quite blatantly, I catch lifts from people yeah. all the time. And I use taxis, which my family terribly disapproves of. Mm. So anyway, we've got three happy campers it. here, basically, haven't we? You know, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we people who have enjoyed uh, the, uh, the older years. Yeah, yes, okay. pretty much. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, pretty but you're kind of special people, aren't you? That's why not everyone can do that. No, no, no. So. I have no, all I the Ill, so. I have all the disabilities that go with aging, and 
At the pins and the eggs. The pins uh, and the eggs. And can you tie your shoes? Yes. Uh, All those things. Shoes, so, uh, was it Mae West or was it, was it uh, someone else said that growing old is not for sissies? Yeah, <laughs> it probably was Mae West. Yeah. Well, it, I think it was, it was Carl O'Shannon who said on radio one morning that if you can still stand up and put your socks on, <laughs> you're not old. So that was his particular And I heard judgment. one the other day, any day uh, you wake up and stretch out your arms and you don't hit timber. That's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nasty. Yeah. Really nasty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think at that point we yeah. So that's the end of the first of this four-part series of plays on human rights themes. My thanks to Mamie MacDonald, Jennifer Johnson and Morris Hayes for their insights and their humour as well and their joy, I think, that they've brought uh, to us tonight. Tonight's programme was compiled by Alan Torney. The producer in charge of Radio Drama is Kevin Reynolds. I'm Rodney Rice. For the meantime, good evening. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. Learn to type. Learn to drive. Have fun. Write postcards. Letters take too long and you won't do it. A postcard takes two minutes. Be punctual. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. They are not thinking about you. Write quickly. Taking longer doesn't usually make it better. Get up early. See the world. Call everybody by their first name from doctors to presidents. Have parties. Don't agonise. Don't regret. Don't fuss. Never brood. Move on. Don't wait for permission to be happy. Don't wait for permission to do anything. Make your own life. My mission this week is to be more Maeve. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.